You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Hebrews chapter 6 is where we get started today. Hebrews chapter 6 is going to be good. We have a brand new series coming at you called Anchored. Somebody say Anchored. It's going to be good. We're going to dig into Hebrews chapter 6. It's a powerful chapter. I believe it's what the Lord is speaking to us as believers, to us as a church, for even those of you that are lazy enough to watch online and just sit at home and not gather with the rest of us, weirdo. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's so good to have you. Hebrews chapter 6, anchored. And so uh, we're going to dig into this chapter, and it's going to be really, really good over the course of the next few weeks. But this week, I want to spe- specifically talk about being anchored in purpose. Somebody say purpose. Purpose is that powerful thing, that, that word that we talk about, that we use a lot, that we don't really understand how to define what that is, much less how to find it. And so as we're digging into God's word, I want you to see a couple of things that are really powerful, that are important, and that I, th- I think will ultimately help you a lot to become who God has called you to be. Is that all right? Yes. Hebrews chapter six, as we're getting started, uh, let's, let's start it in, uh, in verse 16. The writer says this, God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear. I want to stop right there for just a moment and make sure that you see that. God wanted to make this very clear. It's unique how it words that in scripture. When it talks about God's purpose, it says, I want to to make sure you understand this with absolute clarity. I am so thankful that I serve a God that makes complicated things very clear. In a very complicated world, In a world that is screaming with all kinds of distractions and distortions, we serve a God that wants to make something very, very clear, and that is who he is. He says, God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose, why I'm here, he wants to make it very, very clear to his people. Why does he do that? It goes on to say this, God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, I am also grateful that I don't serve a God that lies to me. But God says, I want, I want you to be very, very clear on who I am and know that the reason why I'm doing this is so you can trust that I will not lie to you. It goes on and says, we who have fled, it's speaking about Christians that have been persecuted for their faith that are having to leave their towns, leave their families, leave their jobs, leave their careers just so that they can continue to be Christians. They said, God wants you to understand a few things that you're leaving these things, but I'm making myself very, very clear I cannot lie to you because you that are leaving, look, can take hope of this hold of this take hold of this hope and that you may be greatly encouraged. Notice those two words, greatly encouraged. That's extremely important because we could all use a little bit of encouragement today. Somebody say yes, you know you need it. I need it. It says I want to make sure that this greatly encourages you. And it says we have this hope as an anchor and it's firm and it's secure. It's speaking of the hope that is only found in Jesus Christ. It gives us something to hang on to when life gets hard, when we don't understand, when we can't figure it out, when it makes no sense. The writer says, we have, we have this hope, the hope that God's given us in Christ. We have this as an anchor, and it's, it's firm, and it's secure. It keeps us steady in life storms. And my brother, my sister, you are gonna have storms. If you don't have storms, you can have some of mine. I am happy to let you walk through some of the things I've had to walk through. I prob- you've got them. 
If you say you don't have them, you're a liar and that's your storm. <laughs> You've got your issues. But God says this, and I wanna just focus in on this, that God says, I make the unchanging nature of my purpose very clear. Now, you were made in the image of your father. You, were, you carry the essence of your father. And God says, I am very clear on who I am. I want you to see this, that God is clear on his purpose and he wants you clear on yours. There's a great quote from Mark Twain that says, the two greatest days in a person's life are the day that you're born and the day that you figure out why. Because we will look everywhere for anything to try to help us identify who we are and why we're here, what God wants for us to do. It'd be so nice if I could just figure out what that is so I wouldn't be wasting time trying to figure out this stuff on my own. Why did you make me? What do you want me to do? God says, I know exactly who I am and I'm letting you see the, the nature of my purpose. I'm making it very clear to you so that you can be greatly encouraged. I'm not gonna lie to you and you can have hope as an anchor for your soul. It'll keep you steady when life gets rough if you understand who I am and who you are in me. As we're digging into God's word, I want you to understand a few things that are gonna be really important for you to, to, to get very clear. Now, the first is this. If you don't know your purpose, you're gonna spend your life serving somebody else's. And that's a difficult place to live, supporting someone else's purpose. God wants us to understand that anchor of purpose. Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? What do you want for me? How can I figure that out? As we're understanding that anchor of purpose, I wanna give you three things. If you're a note taker, you might wanna write this down. If you wanna follow along on version, they're already there for you. Three things. Number one, purpose brings encouragement. The word of God locks these two words together, purpose and encouragement. It says, God says, I'm making my purpose very, very clear to you so that you may be greatly encouraged. When God says, you know who I am, it's gonna bring you great encouragement. It leaks together two words, great encouragement. In the original language of Greek, it's the word iskaros periklesis. Don't let that fool you. Um, I don't really speak the language. I don't even speak Spanish. I barely speak English. We speak Texan. We have our whole dialect. It makes no sense to anyone else, but it's right. Somebody say amen. When he says iskaros periklesis, iskaros means great strength. It means really, really powerfully strong. And when it says periklesis, that's giving us the, the idea that it's great, strong comfort or consolation. God says, I want you really clear on who I am because when you're walking through storms, you're gonna need some strong comfort. You're gonna need some strong consolation. It's, periklesis is also the word that we use to describe the Holy Spirit. And God sends us through his nature, through his purpose, this beautiful gift called the Holy Spirit to bring us comfort and consolation. There's also another uh, interpretation of the word periclesis, which means legal advocate. Someone that speaks up for you when you don't understand what's going on. I need that. I need, that's like an interpreter. I need an interpreter on Sunday. Like, what is he saying? Hey, tell him what I'm saying. He's saying don't do drugs. That's what he's saying, pretty much. So when I was 16... Uh, I, uh, I, was, I was in a horrible car accident. We were hit by a drunk driver head on, my brother and I. Um, Care flight had to come, which is the helicopter. And let me just tell you, it may be convenient, but it is not cheap. And a few weeks later, as a 16-year-old kid, I get the bill for what happens when you have two totaled car wrecks, multiple hospital bills from a ton of injuries, and a helicopter. And I, let me just say, 
I had no idea that there, there could be that many zeros after a number. This is huge. Medical debt is a big deal. I'm like, what in the world? How am I gonna pay for this? And so as you're dealing with insurance companies and all the stuff that has to come along with having a car accident, I found out very quickly, I am overmatched here. I'm overmatched. I don't know how to get paid for that accident so I can pay off these doctors with no job. I'm a 16-year-old kid. So I did what every person that lives in Texas needs to do in that moment when you've been hit by a drunk driver. You call the Texas Hammer. <laughs> if you're not from Texas, don't worry about it. You don't understand the greatness of Jim Adler. Now, when I grew up, if you're getting a chance to watch TV, about every third commercial is the Texas Hammer. And I'm sitting at home watching the A-Team one day, and all of a sudden, have you been hit by a drunk driver? Have you gotten the runaround from insurance company? <laughs> you need to call the Texas Hammer. That's all I need to hear. And as you're sitting in court, listening to people argue over this man's estate, the man had passed away in this accident and his family and, and the bill collectors had, had come and just taken everything and there was nothing left to pay for all my doctor bills. So I had to call the Texas Hammer. When the Texas Hammer shows up, let me just say, they in trouble. They are in trouble because he comes, he speaks for me and brings me great comfort and consolation when I'm in the middle of a storm that I don't understand that has far outmatched me. And so when the writer of Hebrews says, you need to understand who God is because it's gonna bring you great comfort, consolation, strength, and a legal advocate, when you don't know what you're doing, God backs it up with the fact that he says, and I can't lie to you. Not only will I not lie to you, I can't lie. It's impossible for me to lie. That brings me a lot of encouragement. A lot of encouragement. Because I understand who God is. In the process, I begin to understand who I am. Now, uh, for those of you that are uh, Generation uh, X, if you're uh, around the boomer age, you, you, you watch something that, that, that I watched growing up that helps us to really understand uh, where identity and purpose come from. So uh, I'll, I'll say it this way. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sentenced to prison for a crime that they did not commit. <laughs> These men promptly escaped and now survive as soldiers of fortune in the Los Angeles underground. If you can find them, if no one else can help, then maybe you can hire it's my people. My pe you saw the Texas Hammer commercials too. You remember. Now, growing up and watching the 18, there were some powerful things that happened. I learned a lot. Like many of you did. We learned a lot by watching TV shows. You learned, who do I identify with? Now, the A-team, if you don't know, they have the old guy that puts all the plan together. He's super wise. And then you have the young guy that's muy guapo, very, very handsome. He's the con man. He's the ladies' man. And then you have the middle-aged guy that's just crazy, which is kind of prophetic. <laughs> a lot of y'all identify with that one. And then, of course, you have the black guy with the mohawk and all the, all the gold, and he's got the muscle, and he pities the fool. And you're like, okay, which... He, he does. You think, which one, which one of these do I identify with? I'm not the old guy and I'm handsome, good looks. Like that, probably not me. I'm, I wish I could say it with me, it's not me. And then I'm not middle-aged, so I'm not crazy. I definitely don't look good in a mohawk. My parents would kill me. The receding hairline, probably not my thing. I, I can't do gold. I don't know, I'm more of a silver kind of guy because we're Mexican, it looks good on our skin. I don't know. But it's hard to identify with those. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Until 1985, when they brought in a guy named 
Frankie. They hired the actor, Eddie Velez, the first Mexican on the A-team. And some of you are like, the A-team had a Mexican? That's my point. <laughs> that is my point because I'm finally identifying with someone on television. They got a Mexican there. Woo, we're awesome. What does Frankie do? Nothing. <laughs> Frankie does nothing. Like you finally have some Hispanic representation. I'm trying to identify this and you make him the guy that does nothing. That must be me. I, I'm, okay, we got something. Let me just remind you, like we, we will find our identity and our purpose and all kinds of things growing up except for the one place that can give us the truth. And it's only found in Christ. It's only found when God says, I'm making my purpose very, very clear to you to bring you hope and bring you encouragement. So you'll understand not just who I am, but who you are. We live in a day and age where everyone wants purpose until they find out where they can get it. You mean I have to go to the creator? Yes. If you wanna figure out why you're created, you go to the creator. Why am I designed this way? I go to the designer. When we're hungering, when we're desperate for purpose and for meaning, for hope, when we need the anchor for our souls and we can only find it in Christ, that's a difficult leap for a lot of people to make. It's the reason why many people have no idea what their purpose is. And they'll identify with anything else that just sounds good. When you understand who God is, it brings great encouragement when you're walking through a storm. Here's the second thing I wanna make sure that you see. Not only does purpose bring encouragement, but according to Hebrews, purpose brings hope. Hope. And I love that it says we can take hold of this hope. Heard someone say hope is the last thing ever lost. And it says it's something that you have to hang on to. You ever been in a place where all you could do was hang on to hope because you didn't have anything else left? I hope that things will get better. Hope that tomorrow was better than today. Hope that something will change. Hope that an opportunity will come along. Hope that something will open up that was previously closed. I have hope. You know, I think we have this thing in our mind where we don't understand the difference between hope and wish. Because if our hope is put in anything other than who God is and who we are in him, that's not hope, that's a wish. Because God says, when you put your hope in me, I can't lie to you. And it says, and that hope always comes through. Hope, when we can hold on, hold on to hope that's put in who God is. It doesn't put us to shame. It doesn't disappoint. It begins to produce things in us. When you're walking through a tough season, when you're walking through a painful part of your life, and if you've, if you've not walked there, just, hey, keep on walking. But I found that we're either walking into some pain or we're walking out of some pain or you're right in the middle of it. You're, there's three stages of life. That's, all, that's pretty much all that there is. What are you hanging on to in the middle of it? When you understand who God is, you understand who you are, there is hope. And it produces something in each of us that we can hang on to. I love what Paul says in, in Romans 5. It talks about that hope. It talks about the pain and the storms that we have to walk through. And then he says something that's so paradoxical, it's crazy. Paradoxical, that's a weird word. <laughs> it says, it, he, he says something here that, uh, that we breeze past without recognizing the weight of what he just said. He says this in verse three of chapter five. He says, we 
rejoice in our sufferings. There's a lot of scripture tattoos in this room. I would guarantee there's nobody with Romans 5.3. Nobody has that scripture. That's my life verse. But it should be. Because you're going to walk through some sufferings. It says we rejoice in them. Why? Because they're not pointless pain. That is the worst part of walking through a difficult season is knowing there's no point. There's no hope. Paul says, oh, no, no, no. If you have, if you have him, you understand who he is. There's always hope. He says, and we rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Because our sufferings produce endurance. Our endurance, he said, produces character. Character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Your Bible might say it does not disappoint us. It means we're not putting it in some wish, but our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. What a great lyric to an old song that still brings so much peace to my life. It says, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but I wholly lean on Jesus' name. When I understand who God is, when I understand who I am, why he made me, not only does it encourage me, but it brings me hope. It brings me hope because he can't lie to me and he will not ever disappoint me. That's a word for somebody today. It feels like life has gotten so tough that God can't fix it, that he can't speak. There is no hope. It'll never change. It'll never get better. Never improves. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. When I finally see the light at the end of the tunnel, it's a train coming back at me. Like this. That's not how this works. Paul says, hope, no, 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 no. When it's in the right place, never disappoints. And God can't lie to me. What a powerful concept. Now, let me, just, let me make sure that you, that you hear this as well. Uh, because the cruelest thing, I'll put this on the screen, the cruelest thing that a church can do is tell you God created you on purpose, for a purpose, and then never show you how to discover what that is. God created you on purpose, for a purpose. Well, what is that? Tune in next week. <laughs> Come back next week, we'll talk more about it. <laughs> what, are, what has God made me for? What is that? So if you come back next week, I am going to make sure that you, <laughs> no, 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 I won't do that to you. It's, it's the most important thing that we do here. Because number three, if you're a note taker, write this down, purpose is discovered. It's discovered. And that's the reason why most people will never find purpose because they won't look for it. They expect it to happen by accident. Or when they realize that purpose comes from understanding the nature of who God is, when he makes his purpose very, very clear, when, when people understand that that's where it comes from, they say, no thanks. I'd rather live life without a purpose than to have to submit to him. Purpose is discovered. In our growth track here, we have, uh, we have four easy steps that we walk through. There's four things that we do. We think churches get really, really complicated really fast. We do four things. We want people to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. I think if you could just simply get that, and by the way, it's echoed in scripture over and over. I could show you a dozen ways that it echoes in scripture. This is God's heart for you, that you would know him, 
that you get free from your yesterdays and from the junk that keeps you walking through storms that are unnecessary. That you would discover who God is and who God created you to be and then begin to make a difference with the rest of your life. Now let me just give you a secret when it comes to purpose. You're gonna find that when you get to know God, he begins to speak to you about your purpose. This is what you're gonna find. It's not about you. Matter of fact, it's not really about you at all. It's about who he can be through you. You'll find that there are things that you might not have ever chosen as your purpose. But once God begins to reveal them to you, prepare you for them, push you towards them, you would find that you wouldn't choose anything else. I grew up watching my dad in ministry and thinking to myself from a young age, you are out of your mind if you think I'm gonna spend the rest of my life doing that. Why? Because people are crazy and church people are craziest. (laughs) Don't laugh, that's you. (laughs) They're crazy and they'll hurt you. And the only time that you really get to understand people is when they're having their worst days something that we have in common with our first responders, with the medical community. You only see people at the worst points of their life. You don't get to experience the highs. You only get to experience the lows. They only need God when the whole world has fallen apart and the roof has caved in and the basement has fallen out. I'm thinking, you want me to do that for the rest of my life? You are out of your mind. <laughs> you could not pay me enough money to do that. No way. People hurt. And people hurt pastors. And pastors hurt people. Why? Because they're hurt. You think I want to do that with the rest of my life? No way. I want to be a rock star. I wanted to be Frankie from the A-team that did nothing with the rest of my life. You know, I learned a powerful concept that getting to know God and getting to know his heart, that God began to show me who I was. To the place where today, I wouldn't want to be any place else on this planet than right here. This is what God's created me to do. This is my purpose. And it's the same thing for you, if you'll let him. God is very clear on his purpose, and he wants you clear on yours. I found this in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7. I I had never seen this before in Scripture until uh, until I began to study this one, but uh, King David comes towards the end of his life and things are finally good and he's established uh, the kingdom of Israel and he's unified uh, a ton of people and, and declared war against a bunch of other of God's enemies and finally it's coming to the place where he's like, there's nothing else left to do but build an amazing house for God. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna build a temple. Build God's house. And he speaks to the prophet Nathan and Nathan's like, hey, a thousand years from now, Nike's gonna come up with a great slogan but I'm gonna coin the phrase, just do it. He tells him, just do it. God's with you, just do it. But God stops Nathan on his way out and says, go back and tell him, that's not your purpose. It's not your purpose. And David's disappointed because like, wait, I I wanna do this. God says, no, 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 your purpose is completely different. There's something that you want, but there's who I made you to be. God says, you're the warrior king. You're a man after my own heart. But then God says something to him that's incredible. God says, because you had it in your heart to build a house for me, God says, I'm gonna establish yours. He began to reveal something to David that might not have been his purpose, but ends up becoming something greater. 
I found this to be true. And I'm gonna put it on the screen so you can see this. When you set your heart to establish God's purpose, he'll reveal yours. God speaks to David and says, I'm gonna do that through your son. And your job is to help him get ready to become the man I've called him to be. And David finds fulfillment, not in doing what he wanted to do, but doing what God wanted to do and allowing God to speak through him to his own son. What a powerful concept. You're gonna understand as you get to know God better that your purpose is really not about you. It's about what God can do through you. And when we talk about understanding who God is, that purpose bringing encouragement and hope, are those for you? Yes. Are those for you to give away? Yes. Yes. This is how you make a difference with the rest of your life. To give someone else what God has given you. If you're walking through a tough storm, walking through a valley, walking through an insane period of your life, you have a couple of things if you know who God is. You have hope and you have encouragement. And those are two things not to just be held onto, but things that you can give someone else to hold onto. When life looks like a shipwreck, you don't wanna be like Titanic where you let Leo sink. There's enough room on that door for two people. Come on, somebody. Don't tell me y'all are, we don't remember that movie. We're older than that. You saw it. You knew there was room on that. You knew there's room. Like he could fit. It's been proven. And when you have hope as your anchor, when you understand who God is, you've got things in a storm that nobody else has. And they don't have to just go down. They can find Christ through you. And some of the greatest hope and encouragement that you'll ever experience in a storm is watching God speak through you to help somebody else. You don't have to be theologically perfect to help someone else that has less than you. You have to just be willing to give some hope. Be willing to give some encouragement. God gives us hope to be given away. He gives us courage to encourage someone else. I wanna say it this way. Our world needs an anchor more than ever. And it's easy for us to come to church today and say, yeah, I need this anchor. I need hope. I need my purpose. I need, I need some encouragement. But I'm hoping to convince you today that just coming to church and receiving those things, leaving a little bit better than what you came, that's a great thing. But what about Monday morning when you pass by somebody that's worse off than you? When you pass by somebody that needs that same hope that you just got, that weren't able to come to a church service on Sunday, that doesn't believe in Jesus anymore, that thinks that life is always gonna be just how it is. Can God use you in that moment to expand his purposes? See, God wants you clear that his purpose is for people. In the most famous scripture of all time, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent an anchor through his son and wants to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear. There's a reason why I sent my son, not to just be some martyr, not to have a story to tell, but to change people's lives. And our world is screaming right now for the anchor of the hope that we found in Christ. Let me, let me ask you this, where in the world are they gonna find that? Who's gonna speak to them? Who's gonna open a hand? Who's gonna be willing to take some time? My heart and my hope is that it's you. You would say, okay, Lord, 
I understand who you are. And I understand at least a little bit of who I am today. I'm your hands and feet. It's not about me. But if I have some hope, I'm going to become a hope dealer. How about that? That's, I'll see myself out. Sorry. We want to help you discover your purpose. And by the way, um, that's something that we do every single Sunday here. We call it our growth track. We want to get you on the growth track, help you figure out who God made you to be. You may think, well, I'm better than that. No, you're not. Just come with us. It's going to be weird. Yes, of course it's weird because you're there. You brought the weirdness with you. Just come. Be weird with us. Let us help you. It's the greatest gift that we can give you as a church next to your salvation. We can show you why God put you here and then give you a chance to, crazy thought, actually do it. Don't waste time. Time is the one resource that you, you don't get more of. Don't waste it. Help your world by giving them the anchor that God's given you. Would you go ahead and put away your Bibles, put away your notes. That's all I have in the Holy Spirit to give you today, but as we're finishing up, I wanna invite you, if you would, to bow your head and close your eyes. If you're watching at home, I wanna give you a chance to reflect on what you just heard and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about how you can extend hope and encouragement, the purpose of God in a world that needs it desperately. I believe in the next few moments, as we ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us, I believe he's gonna show you some people that need your help, that need hope, that need encouragement, that need purpose. And as the Holy Spirit brings these people to your mind, I wanna challenge you to not just pray for them. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe it's a wonderful and amazing and awesome thing. But I believe there's something more than that that God is asking us to do. To extend hope. To let people climb on our life raft. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to invite you, would you just, would you close your eyes? Would you just maybe put your hands on your knees like, like I do sometimes? It's almost as if someone was handing me something. And I want to invite you to pray a prayer. The prayer is this. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, who needs hope? Holy Spirit, who needs encouragement that I can encourage? If it's with a text, a phone call, a DM, a lunch, Lord, my answer is yes. Say yes. Whatever you say, whatever you want, I'm all in. That's my purpose. I want to know you better and then make you known on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Our world needs an anchor. Our world needs hope. And that can only be found in you. That only comes through people like me. So I say yes. Lord, I'm not perfect. I've got my issues. But I know who you are. And I'm discovering who I am. And I want people to have the same. The same hope same encouragement, same purpose that I found in you. Father, I pray right now for every single person that is willing to accept this challenge of bringing hope to a world that needs it. 
bringing encouragement, bringing peace, stepping in when others have stepped out. Those that are willing to raise their eyes through their own storms, their own busyness, their own pain, their own fear, and say, Lord, who can I encourage in this moment? Who can I speak life to? Who can I speak hope to? I pray right now you give them the courage and the strength and the faith to step out and begin to see a world that is larger than theirs, problems that are bigger than theirs, and say, Lord, I am obedient to you. I will speak hope, encouragement, help to someone that is hurting. Thank you, Lord, for choosing me. All over this place, and maybe you're watching online, if there are people that are popping in your mind, maybe some some faces or, or, or some names, don't ignore that. That is the Holy Spirit speaking directly to you. Do not ignore that. That's not something trivial. This is the Lord wanting to speak to people through you. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. And I've heard people say before, that, that must be the enemy trying to put people in my mind. He's not gonna tell you people to go and encourage and give hope to. Use your brain, read the room. You can do this. You can do this. Don't ignore it. Set up some lunches. Don't do lunch alone. <laughs> Bring some encouragement. Help somebody else. Father, bless them in Jesus' name. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, as we're finishing up, I want to give an invitation for anyone who has never asked for Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of their life, never asked him to forgive you of your sins. Maybe you've walked with God before, but you've gotten away from him, and you need to come home today. Maybe you're saying, like I was, I don't know what happens at the end of my life. I don't know if I'm going to be in heaven. I'd like to think that I am, but I don't know for sure. How do I take that step? My friend, I want to help you right now like somebody helped me one time. It changed my life. It helped me find my purpose. And I took a step with a prayer. And somebody loved me enough to pray with me. And I would love to pray with you. If you would like to take that step towards the Lord today, that first step, it starts with a prayer. I'll help you with telling you what to say. You can pray it out loud. You can pray it in your heart. It doesn't matter. The most important thing is that you believe it. But if that's you and you're willing to take that first step today, the prayer goes like this. Pray with me. I'll tell you what to say. Pray this. Pray, Jesus, say, I believe you are the son of God. I believe that you came, you died, you rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for all of my sins. Please forgive me. Now say this, I don't want to live my life my way anymore. I give myself to you. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, my friend, if that was you, and you say, Pastor, I'm not ashamed. That was me. I prayed that prayer today. I took that step. Can I just see your hand all over this place? Nobody but me and you. Good. Anyone else today? I prayed that prayer with you, Pastor. Good, I see you. Good, good for you. Proud of you. If you're watching at home, say that was me. Would you type that in the chat? We'd love to be able to send you some things that will help you understand what just happened in your heart, what to do next. If you're watching here live in the room, we're gonna put a number up on the screen and we would love to invite you to text us. If you will take this next step by texting the words, I prayed, to 844-HRC-TEXT. I'm gonna send you some things that I've prepared that will help you figure out what to do next. It would be my greatest joy to help you on your journey. 
There's not a lot of people willing to help somebody get to know Jesus better, but that's us. We want to help you. The next part is up to you. There's your challenge. I'm proud of you. Good for you. Good for you. Well, Highbridge family, go ahead and look up at me, then stand to your feet if you would. It's such an honor to bring God's word here with you this week. Thank you so much. Julie Inglis brought the word last week. Last week she did a great job. Awesome to see that. Also want to remind you, we've got an amazing event coming up called the Daddy-Daughter Dance. It is time for daddies to show their daughters what a real man looks like and how we treat people that we value. Come on, our world needs that as well. We've got a Daddy-Daughter Dance coming up. We would love to have you be a part of that. Let me just say, guys, you're going to procrastinate. You always do. You always, ladies, you always sign up early and, and things are so much easier. Guys, you wait till the last second. So ladies, do your man a favor. Sign up your husband for the Daddy-Daughter Dance. Sign up your boyfriend. Sign them both up. This will be fun. <laughs> Sign them both up at the same time. It's great. It's going to be an awesome event. We want you to be a part of it. It's important. It's important. It's a big deal. We have our elders and their wives that are going to be here as the service finishes up to be able to pray for you about anything that you might need prayer for. For everyone else, let me pray for you and send you out. Father, I thank you for my friends that have taken part of hearing your word today. And I pray that we would now be doers of your word. In Jesus' name, and everyone said together, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an awesome week. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you wanna be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com slash give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.